0: in the days when I was a teenager before I had status and before I had a pager. You can find the abstract listening to hip hop. My pops used to say it reminded him of bebop. I said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael. It's all expected. Things are for the looking. If you got the money quest is for the booking. Come on everybody let's get with the fly mode. Still
1: got Greetings and happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree Show for stown's and Flip Tricks on Dash Radio. It is the 16th day of October uh, I've got a pretty ma- amazing man in studio today with me he's got deep roots in skateboarding a historian, he's an actor, he's even been a cop, uh, he's got a, a list of uh, accolades um, and he's got a super rad project that he is a part of, he's associate producer for the new film Mid90s Mr. Aaron Mez is coming up in uh, week six, uh, we're going to do a quick little uh, hits here. Week six in the books in the NFL. I have to address this. San Francisco Niners stunned us last night by truly being in that game and almost coming out with a W at Lambeau. I don't know if you guys watched that. And then the Chargers obviously uh, kept the Possum luck out of First Energy Stadium and annihilated the Browns uh, and popped their bubble. Uh, make sure to keep your eyes and your your eyes and your ears uh, open for the ITL inside the locker room with Desiree. A special that I bring to you on Dash for the Desiree show uh, from the Chargers. And it's a little bit, it's raw, it's uh, there's interviews, it's X's and O's, it's college, um, and it's just sort of a little bit get to know you. There's also, I want to invite you to uh, subscribe to the blog as well because there's a lot of. Uh, game analysis as well that I bring you uh, in addition to more complete stories on guests on the Desiree show as well Um, so and then a quick uh, quick uh, little highlight on Beat the Outsiders JT Alt stays in the number one position Uh, Beat the Outsiders is our NFL weekly pick'em it's by skateboarders Um, and in uh, the number two position is uh, Philly's Sergi and in number three Mr. Dan Rogers is squeaking in um, there's a five-way tie for fifth right now. Corbin Harris, Jeff Ament, Dave McGee, and Packy Fancher. Olsen is only a game up as he stays in Bali. So now, without further ado, I uh, today I'm I have a super special guest in the studio, a skateboarding historian, has had his hands in many iconic skateboarding videos, molding, crail tap, girls chocolate. He's a filmmaker, he's a producer, he's a director, he's an editor, he's an actor. Um He's got a list of credits uh, since 93 with the FTC, Finally Cause, and uh, fi- Finally Cause Weekend. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is just not all here today. Uh, Stay Flared, America X Lakai tours, um, many girl videos, and including King of the Road, and newly mid-90s to his list of accolades. I'd like to welcome Mr. Aaron Merza.
2: How are you doing? Thanks Good. for having me.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I'm not an actor, though. Well, you, you, uh, well, you do have some acting credits though. I, 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 well, I, I I saw a picture of you being a cop in a new movie here.
2: That's not acting.
1: That's not acting. Okay. You made a cameo. I should say cameo.
2: Taking up space in the background. That's what that is.
1: Taking up space. Well, you look pretty much front and center. (laughs)
2: Yeah. That's just a behind
1: the scenes (laughs) moment. Thankfully. Oh, no, it was rad. Um, it's been a long time. So, you know, again, thanks for coming in studio. And, and it's been really cool. I, you know, I was so excited to have you come in and then I was looking at more stuff and, you know, of your history. And, uh, I mean, God, you, I mean, I've known you probably 20 years, you know, and you've just, you've been so inspirational in skateboarding. Um, Thanks. yeah, it's just, I mean, in, in every, in every avenue. And so I'm going to start off with a quote for you. <laughs> Biblical. As, as, uh, as Aaron uh, uh, shuns a little bit. <laughs> not sure what I, I'm going to say here. I'm
2: not used to
1: it. Aaron Meza is a man of incredible warmth whose natural kindness makes him a friend to all and whose innate curiosity makes him the most interesting guy in the room. He effortlessly floats from the streets to the boardroom, from Embarcadero to the top of Masthead and beyond. Though he shuns the spotlight, he is a magic ingredient that has made some of skateboarding's best-loved projects sparkle and shine. He's also a terror in a backyard pool. <laughs> Who wrote he, that? Mr. Mike <laughs> Burnett.
2: <laughs> He's exaggerating a lot. He's exaggerating. When did he write that? Is that new or
1: that's was today?
2: Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mike.
1: Yeah. Oh, He's God. Being, being you, you can't take the compliments, can you? <laughs>
2: Not when they're false, no, it's hard. Not
1: when they're <laughs> false. Okay, all right, okay. Well, the, and, you know, and also I forgot to mention in your intro is that you also have some ventriloquistic skills. Uh, that's per Meg Baltimore.
2: No, that's just...
1: He's basically a ventriloquist. <laughs> he doesn't move his mouth and when he talks. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's my, my most on-point critic over the years. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so you grew up in San Francisco. Yeah,
2: in the suburbs of San Francisco. In
1: the yeah. suburbs of San Francisco, um, in a pretty, you know, and in the skateboarding community as well. But let's start for kind of like your first board, your first, you know, yeah, camera, I, mean, I had or- the
2: basic. I um, had a bunch of older friends uh, in the neighborhood who got bored. so I just wanted to get a board. So I just got like a generic kind of board from Price Club. I just wrote that for a while. Price just, Club
1: was around back then? Yeah. Okay. It was um, <laughs>
2: Christmas of 85. Okay. So, um, and yeah, I just, you know, it was probably the f- first thing that, I always had pretty deep interests as a kid, but that was, I don't know, I can tell it was something more, you know, I wanted to be a musician, but I never would want to practice, you know.
1: And what instrument?
2: Uh, I had a bass guitar, electric bass. I, w- I was, like, into heavy metal and stuff. So that's what I wanted to do. But when it came down to it, I didn't really want to sit in my room and play it. Okay. And then I played sports as a kid, which I liked enough, but I didn't want to go to practice and stuff. It was, like, the first thing where I just wanted to do it all the time. Like, first activity, you know. hmm So, um, yeah, I just, it just consumed me, just, like, kind of like everybody else from that era of skateboarding. It just got your hands on, there wasn't much to look at or, or see. So you just devoured the issue of Thrasher or Transworld or whatever, one or two videos your friends had. And, um,
1: yeah. Or the skate shop.
2: Yeah. Go to skate shops. Get yelled at by the mean
1: people working there. No, exactly. It was just a different,
2: it's, I don't know. When you're 12 or 13, 14, I think, whatever you get into at that time in your life, it's such a like magical time. There's so much mystery around everything. You don't know anything when you look back. So everything is new and fun and scary. It kind of has all the cool emotions. So, I mean, I can like safely say that I'll never like anything the way I did when I was that age. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I, you find it hard to be that passionate and you have nothing else to do, but Go to school and just do whatever, you know, mess around with your friends. So it was, yeah, you know, it was fun. It was like a way to get outside of our little area too, because we were constantly looking for skate spots. So,
1: and talk about those skate spots. I mean, yeah, even
2: at a young age, we were trying to figure out where you'd see photos in Thrasher magazine and you'd realize it was San Francisco and you're just like, where is that? Like, oh, how do I find this little bump out of a driveway just by like looking at the background and you know, there's no information going around, and you're just scared to ask anybody older than you where it is. So you just kind of just trial trial and error just find your way around the city. Which I, I, I I'm glad it was like that. It was fun.
1: How did you get around? I mean, uh, we'll you know, we just what I mean? take the bus. And, okay. Yeah, okay. and
2: then eventually.
1: So you're like, okay, we think we think that spot is in this area. Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't even know. We would go to San Jose <laughs> and skate like these legendary spots, and I just. Now I'm like, who knew where to get, I don't know how we got directions to like these places like fish banks and Memorex banks, but mm-hmm. somehow we would just hear from, I had an older friend, he had a, another guy who skated, I don't know. You just, we're just along for the ride. But now I look back, I'm like, how do we know, like who was telling us, <laughs> you know, certain things like we came across Embarcadero pretty early and, um that obviously became a big scene in San Francisco. It, it was, a, I think it always was kind of a big thing, but around the early nineties, it really blew up. And I was like fortunate enough to be around that scene at that time and friends with those people. So that was really cool. Yeah. I think even to this day, you know, because of Instagram and things, you, you post things and people get really excited about that, about that time and era. So, it, you know, it feels nice that someone has an interest in, something that you played a small part of.
1: Yeah, no, you know? it's, it definitely, and, and it was so, you know, you touched on something. It was a very, it was a really special time in skateboarding for me, um, as well. And like there is, you went places and you knew who skated from their shoes alone. Um, you know, and skateboarding was sm- a smaller tribe. I mean, it was all, it was worldwide. You know, if we'd went to Europe later, like for me later, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I just remember skating like mini malls, you know, and, and that where I was stoked on because they had like knee high benches, you know, and we would go skate at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, go street right. skate, you know, a parking lot.
2: For sure. I mean, there were, we had tons of time sitting at a church because it had a double sided parking block or something, you know, Yeah. just a lot of times hanging out behind the store <laughs> for yeah. hours.
1: No, totally, you know. And then also the, the police were a little different um, yeah. back then. Um, I remember yeah. we went out to, um, after the Northridge earthquakes, I went out there with Rhino and Twister and Eddie Aliato and a few other guys, and we went and skated some of those pools. And uh, we got pulled over at a gas station, Eddie and I did, and the guy, um, the cop was like, how are you guys together? And we were just like, we're skating you know, um, but he thought there was something funny. Uh, it was, it was a really weird dynamic and yet there was like gang war going on down the street from where we were. Um, and,
2: uh, yeah, it was a different, we got, I mean, being a skateboarder then was, um, people didn't understand it as much kind of, I don't think there's much to understand, but it was less of a household thing. So you just, I mean, people just look at you like you were just wasting your time. Even when you were like 18, you were like, what are you doing still skateboarding? You know? yeah, what
1: are you going to do? What are you going to do when you grow up? Yeah. So that Isn't was time.
2: Fast forward all these years later, it's like even more embarrassing to get, like, stop by a cop and you're older than the cops now. But <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, this is a different time. Skateboarders were, I don't know, we'd get chased a lot by like gangsters and stuff. So it was, it was, you were a different, you were more of an outcast for sure. But I think kids are kind of have their own version of being an outcast today, obviously.
1: It's a different, it's different. Yeah. Um, it's good that you have the eyes to see the similarities potentially.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they feel different, which is kind of like the most important thing, you know. Yeah. As long as they can, you can fool yourself that <laughs> you're halfway there.
1: As long as you can. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Aaron Meza. You can follow him on Instagram at Aaron E Meza. Yeah. Uh, is that the best way? Yeah. Is that the way you want me to direct him? Sure. Even Before no. I said, and you're like, no, no, that's my personal no. account, <laughs> Desiree. Oh, no. <laughs> no. That's all I got. Um. Okay. So let's. Uh, you know this. The, I. You know I was before you were coming in. I was like there was so many things going through my mind, what you have done and then also what you've been a part of. And it made me really think about the nineties, um, and skateboarding. And for me, it was, uh, the biggest wheels I could find were low riders. Um, and that's the only time I skated ventures. i skated the featherlights. It's when I could heal flip. Right, right. Uh, we skated Huntington high, we skated Turdy park when that was built, which was way later. Um, what was your setup like back then? In the '90s, you know, yeah. it was funny. Like and I was
2: already f- a filmer at that time. Yeah, I'd still skate, but so we, you had we, we, would no, we would even no, we would even. I was with like, small that was before wheels. Fil- filmer wheels. Yeah. Because yep. you can hear like in a lot of footage back then, you didn't really have filmer boards. You know, I don't know why we just didn't think of it, but that's no, why that's you why, why it's so around. loud. That's why the footage just has that really loud, especially bark and it's brick, and we were on small wheels. But you're mostly hearing the filmers wheels more than like the skating actually because we did we just had our normal boards excuse me and when it was time to film we just filmed on our boards we were skating on and we didn't have I didn't have two setups back then and I don't think there wasn't a lot of filmers around at the time but neither did they you know it's pretty
1: any it's video, not very smart was actually. there any time though that were it was like Aaron you need you have a spl- no. flat spot on your wheels or like did you eventually like, we just like, like, figured <laughs> it
2: out you know
1: you know what, there might
2: have been some older guys who, like Dave Schlossbach and Mike Turnowski may have had, we might have saw filmer boards with them. As there was more and more filmers, you just realize, oh, it makes more sense to mainly just to go faster. And it's nice that it's quieter, but you're also, it's faster and smoother with the cracks and stuff. So that's the main reason, obviously. So you just get a, a bigger board usually and bigger, softer wheels. First camera. First camera was this, um, my friend had a Sony Hi8 camera and then my dad got a Sony 8 camera. And um, I don't even know the model numbers. It wasn't like it didn't wasn't important to me at the time. So we just had like total like the camera your dad would buy to film your brother's graduation or something. Like that's the camera I had for a long time. And like luckily we figured out that the just like the mall shitty mall store camera store sold fisheye lenses that just happened to fit. Mm-hmm. And they were probably like eighty or ninety dollars at the most. So and they just looked like the New Deal video or the H Street video. So you're like, oh, this is it. <laughs> I'm good. So it was pretty like shoddy equipment for a long time, and I never, I've never been a real big camera nerd or tech savvy guy. Kind of that's never been my thing, you know. I mean, nowadays you need something kind of good enough, but I was never chasing like the highest end cameras. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, what uh, you have been an inspiration to so many um, with what your body of work you have done over the last couple of decades. Who were those that sort of inspired you in capturing skateboarding? Yeah, I mean,
2: as a young skateboarder, there, it was like a great era of skate videos. They weren't very frequent. There was only maybe a handful a year, so you'd really, you would just watch them, you know, hunt, literally hundreds of times, and there was guys, you know, Stacy Peralta was like the biggest one, and I really liked those early pal videos. I think everybody kind of did. Um, when Spike started making videos, I really liked those. They were like a little edgier and you know they were m- way more lo-fi mm-hmm. and um there was this video sick boys because i was from san francisco and it was based in san francisco this guy mac dog yeah. uh he made that i loved that video that was one of my favorites there's this guy tony roberts too that was making good videos there's only a handful of guys yeah yeah no sick mac dog a good long time like,
1: friend yeah. as well that's cool you brought that
2: one up yeah he that video for us was like super major because it had all of our favorite skaters who weren't really that known at the time, like Mike Archimedes and Mickey Reyes, but they were like local guys, but they were like our favorite skaters. So to have a whole video on them was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was, I miss those. Um, you know, and that was when it was, you know, I think Cigar City was the one that I watched like over and yeah. over and over again. I mean, and I I don't know why I happened to get Cigar that was City. A little later, right? You know, that yeah. was like probably 95, I right, think, right. a little b- much later, but um, that. I just remember always being stoked on Alyssa's part because she kicked flip rock to fakie in that. I mean, it was you know, but that was. um,
2: Yeah, I can still watch those old videos. You know, and then all the
1: emergency, all the old Thrasher ones, but that was later as well.
2: But those videos are, to me, still better than anything that's come out since.
1: Yeah. No. Just because
2: my own like romanticism tied to them.
1: I miss the premieres.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, no, like the uh, the Tony 2000s, did one. Yeah, like, Birdhouse did yeah. one. Um, and now this Element video is out. Right. Um, which is making quite an impression as well. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: there was an era in the early 2000s where, like, a lot of big companies were putting out big videos. And that was a cool time. Like, there was the transfer videos, always had good me And, and always Flip the no, up and, and coming. Ciro, the girl videos and stuff. There all was the like, girl yeah, videos. there was like lots of big, there was a big t- Baker and all that stuff. It was cool.
1: And uh, DVS, even yeah, like I think yeah. there was, uh, there was, but those were you were there. I yeah, mean, I you know,
2: most of those I went to, went
1: to quite a few of those. Yeah. No, I'll uh, you okay. So like we're gonna jump around. Actually, um, do we need to play a clip? Uh, well, we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sort of uh, step back from or step forward, I should say, for a moment. And I'm gonna play a clip for you, and we're gonna talk a little bit about this new project, and then I want to go back. Sure. okay all right this-
0: hi desiree Oh, okay so aaron Mesa calls me up and tells me out of the blue haven't talked to him in a long time hey can you come to california on this date jonah hill is making a movie he wants you to be in it he knows you by the way how did you know jonah and i'm like thinking to myself i don't know jonah hill what is he talking about um which is a whole different story to- Completely. <laughs> Turns out I did, I did know Jonah, and I didn't know that I knew him. But, um, yeah, so I end up on set, and me and Aaron are, are wearing police uniforms and um, we're strapped, and it was just hilarious, man. Um, so, you know, ask him um, what it was like to not only be a production assistant on the set, but to also double as a police officer with me, Rick Howard, Chico Brennaz and, uh, and, um, sucks. Who else? Yeah. And it, I don't know. It was just, it was just a really, really cool experience. And, um, man, you know, Aaron got to be involved in the whole movie. So I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about in that regard too. Thank you. Bye.
1: All right. That was Donnie Barley. Yeah. Okay. If, if for people that don't know, he forgot to introduce himself. Um, how, it, this mid-90s movie, is sure. it's, it's premiering. There was something in Los Angeles yesterday at, um, at the Four Seasons. Um, it's a project that you were involved with, your associate producer on this. Right, right. And how did this come about?
2: Um, years ago, I think Jonah's friends with Spike Jones, and J- Spike was, um, or is, a part owner of Girl all these years, so I've known Spike for a long time, and at girl years ago we were doing lots of content for Krill Tap and i can't remember how it started but they were like we did this thing called the Crell couch and we were trying to get him on they're like we knew that he skated maybe or we heard he did mm-hmm. and um we were just trying to get do something with him i mean getting on the Crell couch would have been like at the high end of it but we were just trying to figure out something else to do cuz we knew he probably wasn't going to be able to come out cuz he lives in new york and we ended up doing a top five with him and he gave his top five, um, this favorite video parts, which were really like, you know, you, you interview somebody, you think they might have a casual understanding of skateboarding. And you're like, give us your five favorite video parts. Yeah. You know, I thought he'd be like Tony Hawk in the end, like, you know, real obvious things, yeah. you know, but there were like real kind of like underground obscure, um, parts that he, so you'd like this person, at least at this time, at that time was like really into it because he's naming things that aren't like the obvious choices, good choices, but not like the most, you know, straight, it's easy to be like Eric Costin and yeah, right. It's easy to name the last part of all the big videos, but this wasn't that. And one of them was Donnie Barley's part from toy machine. And uh-huh. Like right away. I was like, oh man, like he's like, he knows what he's talking about. This is cool.
1: That's cool. So
2: anyways, it's kind of a long, I have a usually give like long-winded answers. I'm sorry, but um, no,
1: no, it's wonderful.
2: So we were texting. I actually had somebody in New York go shoot that with them, and then I just did an edit and put it up. So we would text a little bit, and then it kind of went quiet. And then just out of the blue, he I knew he wrote a script about skating because Rick, I think Rick hung out with him a couple of times, Rick Howard, and he told me about it. And um, he just called me one day, and he's like, hey, I'm looking for somebody. Um, I wrote this movie, and um, I'm looking for somebody just to help me make sure the skateboarding parts are like. Are, are done correctly you know he's like I know skateboarding but you know it's a long time ago for me and I just want to make sure I would just feel good if I had somebody else to kind of sit with me and, and just pitch in you know so he called me up and I was just like yeah for sure you know he was kind of like I just started working for doing some stuff advice and he was just assuming that I was too busy and I was like you know I would I, I would be down to do it he's like do you have time I was like yeah I'm, I'm down he's like for sure then let's like I would love it if you could so that we kind of just started from there he would he sent me the script and you know I would just give notes we'd meet up and talk about it and he was really generous with just um it wasn't just about like make sure the wheels are this size and the boards are this shape you know he was even interested in what I had to say about like the characters and even outside of because it's it's there's a skateboarding setting but it's not necessarily a movie about skateboarding it's more of like a a kid's family life and a kid's kind of own self-discovery at a young age mm-hmm. and that happens to he happens to hook up with a group of skaters and kind of finds himself there but you know it was cool to like you know he was just open to talking about all the whole movie you know even if I had a note about what the mother was saying to the son, he was like very receptive to that, you know, not that I was coming in with crazy notes, but he reached out to me for the skating, but he was, you know, he was kind enough to be like, you know, just, we would talk about it overall, which I thought was really nice. And and I was really interested in that. So, um, yeah, so for there, you know, he, we, he would send the script back and forth. He also, I want to say, involved this, this younger kid, Mikey Alfred, who's a skater and has his own skate brand. mm mm-hmm. And he was, like, so I was kind of like the older guy who could speak on the era and speak about skateboarding, and Mikey was the younger guy who brought in, and like, he really brought in, like, 80% of the cast for the movie because it's all non-actors or first-time actors. And um, so he kind of had me and Mikey as, like, you know, I would kind of comment more on the times, and Mikey could deal with the kids a little easier because they're his age or his friends. So it was kind of this cool team of, like, you know, we can all speak on the skating or speak to the skaters that were in the movie. It was kind of like a nice, um, I think it probably made those, those kids who are in the movie feel comfortable as well, Mm -hmm. you know, to have their friend Mikey there. They got really good. They all became good friends with Jonah. So yeah, it was, it was cool.
1: Yeah. It seems like I was thinking about it and I'm like, God, I don't think there has been a movie about skateboarding. That's been on a major level like this that has had integrity.
2: Yeah, there's kids, which is kind of a similar thing where it's not really a skateboard movie, but they are skaters. There's no skateboarding in it. It's like it was Larry Clark directed it and Harmony wrote it. So I think that's probably the last what people would consider like.
1: Yeah, I think there's some kind really cheesy movie. ones. Yeah, there's like, some bad ones for sure. Uh, but
2: some of the bad ones, if they're old enough, they be they get good, you know.
1: Yeah, well no, it's just cool. You're like, Oh, you're all your friends are in it, you know, yeah, like, like but you're like, Oh man, too be thrashing is <laughs> yeah, rad. Thrashing I mean, but I've but, you seen know, it for a long time. You know?
2: As a kid, I, I was like pretty high. I kinda knew it was pretty bad, but it's fun to watch that stuff now.
1: Well, and obviously Dogtown and I mean those are yeah. those, were hu- those were huge. those were huge successes. Was you know, big. the Dogtown yeah, yeah. video was great. Uh, you know, I forgot about that. But as far as like um the '90s in skateboarding was a really, it was a tough time in skateboarding. I mean, right?
2: It's a, a, a smaller time in skateboarding, and yeah, it's kind of, it's yeah, it's pretty. It's a little grittier. It's grittier, yeah, it's grittier for sure, and like it was kind of getting bigger though, skateboarding at that time. But it's not like what it is now.
1: No, because there was no. I mean, at that time in the '90s, the early '90s, there was no skate parks anymore. There was no. no I mean, you were skating. It was all street skating. It was all street skating, and a a lot of the pros, as we talked about before the show started, is were a lot of my friends that were snowboarding, right? because there was no money in skateboarding at that time, right? you know?
2: And there was a lot of, like, it was kind of like the emergence of, like, skateboarding. It became more of an inner city thing around the early 90s and into the Mm mid-90s, so there was, like, a different, some different outside influences. It wasn't just, like, a white suburban thing anymore around this time, No, which it's nice, because that's really reflected in this movie.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah. what it's seen. Um, I've only, sadly, I've only seen the clips. Right. Um, and I think
2: for Jonah, going back, he um, it's not like an autobiography of his life, but there's a lot of similarities. I was going to ask. Because like he grew up grew in, up, Brever-
1: in, this, in Los Angeles. He grew up in
2: like West L.A. and hanging out at Hot Rod Skate Shop. Okay. So a lot of, like, kind of... There's there's a few things that are, I'm sure, from his life, but I wouldn't go as far as to say it's like an auto. No, no. But, you know, and so it kind of... He wants, you know, he wanted... The integrity. To, yeah, the integrity to be there. And he wanted it to reflect truly what it was like, you know, to go into a skate shop and be around, like, expose yourself to, like, all these different new cultures and, and um, different types of people, hanging out with older guys and kind of growing up fairly quickly, which sometimes happens in skateboarding. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, there's no supervision. You're on the street, so you get exposed to a lot pretty quickly. So all that stuff's in there, which is nice.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um, I I reached out to Blair Alley, and he, he said, you know, because they did something yesterday at the Four Seasons, oh, cool. you weren't there. He said, Meza wasn't there today, but Jonah said he was huge in making sure the film was period correct.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely was the old guy. To be like, no, no, the, you were the baseline in the integrity. But it really was because I was there at the time, and I, I worked fairly closely with this woman, Heidi, who was – did the wardrobe and this guy jameen who was the production designer and this guy jeff who worked in the props so i mean i worked with them quite a bit just to be like you just be like no that one's too that's later on like that's not you know it's only shorties bolts it can't be shorties boards like real nerdy stuff i, yeah. I, I would kind of present it like this like hey you want this in the movie i'm just letting you know it's before like we kind of time stamped the movie to like 94 95 so certain things like initially Jonah was like yeah it'd be cool because there's a kid who has a video camera as uh-huh. a prop or he actually uses it but um they'd be like, it'd be cool to have a VX1000 I had to be like hey a VX1000s it's like maybe coming out in 95 but this kid wouldn't have one because mm. nobody really had one in skateboarding that time and you can still put it in the movie it's up to you but I'm just giving you the information Yeah. but they would stick with it most of the time you know it's like it's a movie so like I don't know who's going to put that together you know sometimes it's so detailed and nuanced and nerdy that I'd be like, yeah, that's not around at this time, but if you want it, go for it. If it means something to you, but he would almost always err on not doing that, you know? Cause I would be like, you know, there's like three people who would catch that and maybe I'm one of them. So (laughs) like weigh it out, you know, if you want to break the rule, break it. But he pretty much never would never really break the rule for the most part, which is cool. Yeah.
1: Well, no. And cool that you had that talk. I mean, you brought the integrity to it.
2: Right, Right. Well, the skate, the movie has its own movie, integrity. <laughs> no, no, but I'm
1: saying as far as, you know, that's something I do notice in movies um, is props. Right. You right. know, and know that. Yeah, it was doesn't. such
2: a team effort, though. The, the woman, Heidi, who's a little bit younger than I am, but she had, like, grown up ar- around skaters in, in mm-hmm. D.C. She was, like, part of the kind of the Pulaski scene. So she mm-hmm. had, like, she knew her stuff. And every There was, like, a lot of skaters who, like, the this guy, Jeff, who worked in the props, he skated. Jameen was around skating. He's a production designer, so. It was like, you know, even the DP, this guy, Chris Blavo, he's amazing. He's like from skateboarding. He skates. He he works with Rick and Buddy at Six Stair. They do projects together all the time. So there's a lot of people around. And, I, and if I got really stuck, there's this guy on the East Coast, Tim Anderson, who's like crazy historian. And I would just like go call him like, hey, dude. They got this board. What do you think? It's it's wrong, right? He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's wrong." Like he, you know, I, I even had somebody who knew like the time. More. He's like a skateboard collector. So I he was like a huge resource for me. And he has he has a site called Bob Shirt. He's like he's a rad dude, but he it's funny, you know? You always have those kind of guys you can like call, you know, call and just and they can set you straight.
1: Well, and I think you're you're obviously one of those guys because you know, sometime, Kurt Hiyashi. Like I reached out okay, to Kurt yeah. Hayashi and he said, "Is there anything he doesn't know about skateboarding?" That was his first comment. There's a lot, right?
2: Now, nowadays, <laughs> I feel like I don't know anything.
1: <laughs> no, and and he was around during the golden times.
2: Kurt was. Oh, uh, you, okay. About yeah, you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, he doesn't want to. Tell, he's trying to flip those. Um, <laughs> a lot you know, of reflection going it, on. here. Yeah. No, it's um, the music too. So. Yeah, you know, Jonah. You know,
2: Jonah. I made a joke to him because he picked all this. There's no music supervisor. He picked all the, the music.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And um, I was like, yeah, you know, I just joked around. Like if your film and acting career doesn't work out, you can always, you can be a music supervisor. Because uh-huh. <laughs> like he did. A, he picked a lot of cool songs. Yeah, it was cool.
1: Yeah, no, and I was thinking myself, and I was like, God, what were we listening to? What was, you know, I mean, Husker do, like, I was thinking. It's a um, lot of hip-hop for him. A lot of hip-hop for me as well. I mean, Tribe Called Quest, Digital Underground, um, you know, Snoop, I mean, Dr. Farside. I mean, there was a lot of Bad Brains as well. Yeah, there's a Bad Brains song
2: in the the movie, actually.
1: You know, and and then there's the other end, uh, you know, I mean, there's the Nirvana, and there's the, you know, Got Deftones a little bit later from Northern Cal, yeah. um, but what uh, songs for you like? And of I can't era. say one song, but what three songs kind of represented or, or or ingrained in you in this era?
2: I mean, for that era, there was that's like the tail end of me listening to a lot of hip hop. I don't really listen to t- too I mean, I listen to older stuff, but um, around that time, there was definitely like Wu Tang. And Wu Tang, yeah. I always like De La Soul.
1: I love De La Soul. Yeah, I was gonna play De La Soul or tribe called Quest today to start. I was I was trying yeah. to figure out what song I should lead with because I, you know, especially yeah. SF, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, around that time, yeah. And I listened to like at that time, I'm trying to think. I mean, I probably was listening to like a lot of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah.
1: The Breeders? No, okay, not the yeah, Breeders. I no, the breeders. Uh, no, I'm trying. was it a? Yeah, I don't know. Pixies. Yeah, a lot of hip hop. Yeah, no. And it I was. think like
2: Rayquan's record came out in '95, and that was like a big record for us. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Oh yeah, I was totally thinking. Cause I still have all my. Um, yeah, I wish I saved though. I have all, all my cassettes, yeah. like, cause my car. I still have like a cassette tape player in there. But when I paint in the studio in my garage, I, I paint two old, cassettes.
2: Here's a, here's like a little movie trivia for like super skate nerds right now. Okay, <laughs> good. There. There's a shot of, um, the older brother in the movie has like a really nice bedroom, and he has. There's a rack of hip-hop CDs that they kind of pan across, and those are actually Jerron Wilson, the pro skater. Those are his actual CDs right. they brought them. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's sick. Because
2: he, uh, he was like an infamous music collector back in the day. So when they needed to find old hip-hop CDs, I was like, my friend Jerron still has them all in a box. You want to hit him up, and they uh, did, yeah.
1: That's right. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Uh, you know, and let's talk about, well, here, this is a little th- something for you. Oh, Christmas no, Well, it's uh I open it now. Yeah, yeah, you can if you want. It's not a it's nothing oh, really wow. spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, just sort of a just a little something. It's Well, that, and yeah, some this is Halloween. Uh, there you go. Nice. Yep. Nice. That's
2: my costume. Yeah, the cop thing. Honestly, though, that photo kind of like <laughs> went out there a little bit, but it's just like deep background stuff. There's no like, you won't even see us in there, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> it was it, for me when I saw it. I was like. This is pretty rad. Right. I don't know. I mean, it was just like, I was just hyped. It reminded me, and uh, on the same vein of kind of, and obviously not iconic with skateboarding, but iconic in that skateboarders were involved in this. Um, but it reminded me of Mike McGill and Lance oh, Moon yeah. and Stevie Cab dressed yeah. up as girls yeah. on top of the ramp. And um, it's kind of one of those photos. Uh, and that was a skit, obviously, you know. Right, right, but, right. Uh, Yeah. You know,
2: it was fun. It was fun to hang out. I hadn't seen Donnie for a while. And we actually where we were kind of asked to stand in the background. We got to like hang out for a few hours and catch up. So that's that was cool. Yeah. Well, and friends? Chico as well. And yeah, Chico. I, I mean, talk to those guys all the time. Though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, um, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, OK, so we got the songs now. Um, we're going to go back. I mean, because San Francisco Embarcadero. you know, we kind of touched on that. Um, you kind of went back and forth from San Francisco to Los Angeles uh, with Girl, with Crail Top, right. with Chocolate. Um, you know, and, you know, first of all, I have to say, like, for me, always, um, this is going to sound very corny, maybe. Um, but as a photographer, I would have made it when my husband would be dropping me off at the airport and I'd be going on tour with the girl guys. Like, that was okay. that was the making it. Yeah. Um, no,
2: we had a good run for sure.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that was, you know, I mean, and those <laughs> premieres are still some of my favorite yeah. movies, you no, know. I, I
2: feel really fortunate to have spent so much time with such, like, great skaters of that era, you know. Still today, they're still good, but, like, you know, it was, I l- really lucked out with the group of people that I got to work with and hang out with and be friends with. Yeah.
1: Sure. Well, and you were part of.
2: Yeah, so a lot of us kind of grew up together, so it was yeah. kind of nice, yeah.
1: No, and you made this, and you also were the eyes to share it Yeah. Um, with all of us.
2: Yeah, it was cool because we were, you know, we traveled together a lot. We all lived around each other. I mean, there was a time, like, I look back now that I have a family and stuff. I can't imagine having this kind of free time, but we literally <laughs> were, like, some of us were living together or we'd stay with friends if we were still living in San Francisco. I mean, we, we were like having every meal together, going skating, going to, you know, wake up, go get breakfast with these friends. And then, you know, just being around each other all day long. It's pretty wild that (laughs) there's this like a special moment of your life where you can just dedicate that much time to something and be around this certain group of people like just day in and day out, like just going skating, going out to eat, going out at night. Or shit, just like st- it's just pretty wild that there was that much time to, to, to be together, you know. Now it's like I can't even get some of them on the phone for, like, weeks. <laughs> but there was a moment we were, like, in each other's faces, like, for years. Oh. We're of juice in my throat
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <coughs> he's juiceless. He's uh, no, he does. He's got a lot of juice. Uh, and uh, San Francisco, well, I mean, and obviously I think of, you know, you— you always all stayed at at Eric's house too in LA. I mean, which is, but that, that's an element that was part of skateboarding for me, uh, and snowboarding, uh, but it was road trips and couch tours. I mean, that's how, you know, and you'd stay in the middle of the couch for a week, you know, at your friend's house. Um, you're
2: lucky if you got the couch yeah, well, I mean, or on the ground
1: (laughs) with your, with your, you know, um, and you know, and you did, depending on what people it was, like, I just remember always trying to sort of, you know, staying at, uh, Jeff Tolan and, uh, or Noah and uh, Kennedy's house in Sacramento, even mm-hmm. Jen Cardial will be coming by. Um, but just trying to contribute like wherever, sure. wherever I was on tour, like, yeah. you know, we were just on road trips just to go skate or the nude bowl or, right, right. you know, um, you know, yeah, it's it was
2: just, cool. it, they needed a film. So I had it. they, uh,
1: Oh, we've got, like, you didn't place. get the couch, though, huh? <laughs> I mean, sometimes we just kind of like, well, wait, wait.
2: first one there. Aaron's
1: filming tomorrow, so yeah. he should have the couch. No, no, no. no. Like Rudy's that, getting the sure. couch tonight. I was on the floor. <laughs> sure. Working with Spike. Yeah. You, I mean, obviously, you are one that everyone would aspire to work with, um, with a body of work that you have done. But for you, what was – I mean, I you know Spike has – Spike is just real special as well, like in real down to earth too, but what was it like kind of working or learning from him?
2: Yeah, I think what I learned from him was just how, like, I think it's kind of been said before, but like, even if he's working on a feature film that he's writing and directing, he's obviously going to put his all into it. But you'll see him making like a video on his phone, like in the moment just for fun. And he seems like just as excited about, a little stuff like that, like you know, if you're just like, oh, let's film this. I don't know, this I don't know, like a snail going across the In slow <laughs> across <motion>. the sidewalk <laughs> for some reason, and send it to my friend. He'd be like, oh, but get it like this. Like, oh, he he would get so into it, you know. And I learned th- that that he would, no matter big or small, he would, re- you know, I would just notice he was like, man, he would be on, he'd be doing a music video, and then the next day he's working on a commercial, and the next day he's working with girl to film a skit or something. So I always, always admire that he was able to do so many different things. Even now you see like he's choreographing like a sound, uh, like a, like a concert production for like a big artist. He'll get into like the choreography of their, their stage presentation, or he'll produce a segment for like an award show. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just a way for him to keep things interesting. I really like, admire that and i really like you just look at that like seems like such an ideal way to work to constantly you know he doesn't just make movies he does music videos he does commercials he he works with music artists on things that they want to do like i don't know you know he's probably designed fashions he has friends who are designers so he gets to do so much such a wide variety of things that's really like admirable and i think enviable too you know But, uh, and then the other thing is that he's very, like, fearless, which everybody always says that about him, but it's true. Like, he is just, I think that's the the true secret to his success, which um, I find depressing because I'm not like that. (laughs) I'm like, God damn, that's what it is. But, um, yeah, he's just, he'll try anything, you know, and he's not, I don't know if he, I don't know if he, chalks things up to successes or failures but he just I think he's more interested in just doing it and in the process of doing it so he's not kind of like weighed down by like Lives in the, the weight of like uh, if it's gonna be a failure yeah he just goes for it I, th- I have a feeling that he was probably like that when he was 14 you know
1: mm-hmm. that's cool that's yeah really
2: cool. he's like a little kid he's he <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> can be annoying like a little kid. Too. <laughs> He's like super punchy and stuff. He's uh-huh. like very physical. Oh, is he? He's like, like literally like physical. Yeah, yeah. he's always like giving you Charlie horses. Or <laughs> yeah.
1: He's still a kid. Yeah,
2: yeah. I haven't That's... seen him for a while. Though. I haven't seen him for a few months at least.
1: Right on. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, I have to, and I know it was a huge success, but um, yeah, right is it, a later, a later movie uh, video, uh, but still. There was some, like, for me, yeah, right, embodied the fun of skateboarding.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, that's that was one nice thing about Girl and Ch- Chocolate's aesthetic was to always make things look fun, which I, like, identified with because I'm coming from those old pal videos with, like, Lance. Yeah. And I feel like that's where skateboarding, it doesn't always have to be that, but that's, like, kind of the true nature of it. So even even when, like, You can have high-level skating, but you can still goof around and and make it look fun. Because that's kind of what skating is, you know. I think skateboarding is not, like, at the end of the day, as much as we love it, it's just, like, a pretty um, superfluous activity. No, but, like, skateboard, the world would survive fine without skateboarding, you know. So even at the high end, I think skateboarding should always kind of, like, make fun of itself. or It it always deserves to be made fun of, I think, on some levels. Yeah, you know, even as much as we love it, I think it's like you can't take it too seriously.
1: No, well, no, but that's what I like. I mean, I like that 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 movie. God, I, I kept I wa- kept watching. Right, I kept right. watching. You know, and uh, and it wasn't the first, but it but it.
2: It you was know, a fun time, it, I think, w- in those guys' lives. And Ty did a really good job in, in letting that come through and like the editing. Yeah. Like everybody was together a lot.
1: Well, the sessions without the boards and right, like right, I mean, right. just like not skateboarding, like skating with your friends and. I mean P-Rod happened, I think he had the opener uh or no uh, Beeble did I think Brandon did mm-hmm. or I don't know the my brain yeah he yeah. had the first part Okay so um Paul had a banger part but one of my favorite parts is Eric's because yeah, he that's had Eric's fun like,
2: Yeah and he's just,
1: I mean he, can I do mean anything at he, that time and you, know. you could in you in the way he skated you could see he had fun um you can't fake that
2: Right He's having fun. He's skating everything. Yeah. It was a good time. It was like a fun. That's kind of like right around the time that video Chomp on This came out, which is yeah. all about No, fun. and Chomp so on This as well. It was I like mean, just that era of like there's people are young. They're, you know, and they're successful. They're doing well and they're all together. And you have, I mean, Beeble's like when you have Brandon Beeble around, like everybody's going to have fun. You yeah. know, they're like hyped up, fun guys. So yeah, And was Malta cool.
1: was really young. Was well, Malta no, Malta, was, yeah. I was yeah. like, no, no, Malta wasn't even there yet. I'm trying to think. Like who who, Paul and Jeremy. Right, oh, the young no guys. yeah. But that was actually I was at
2: skate working at skateboarding during that time, but I would go help film them on the week, on the weekends I'd go film and I was around when they were doing all the intros and skits and stuff.
1: So how does your resume read because My resume is pretty short. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because sure. I worked at certain I know you're from a skateboarder for I work like, at
2: the same places for I stay around usually so.
1: How did you become like from so from girl I went from girl, girl to
2: skateboarder, then back to girl.
1: And then Crail, and then Town. yeah, I mean, girl. I, mean I say girl, yeah, I mean, it's all tap. the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, we, we yeah. say girl, but everybody else, no, is I funny. say girl always too, but I was trying to be appropriate or <laughs> right, correct, right, right. Um, um,
2: you know, I was, I went to skateboarder, I had friends who worked at magazines, uh, you know, I was around Thrasher a lot, and I was around Slap a lot and Lance Dawes, we were, we're good friends, and around Slap coming out, we would hang out all the time, and I just like, liked magazines, and I liked what they did, and and then um my friend mike ballard and sean warner were, were wow. helping start up skateboarder yeah and i would talk to ballard a lot and he, for some i had done some magazine work up to that point and he would just kind of bounce stuff off of me like what do you think of this here's some layouts what do you think of this you know So he kind of trusted me for some reason to as a voice on i don't know just that first issue they're putting together and then i think sean warner left after one issue to go I want to say to go write a book for Tony Hawk. For
1: Tony, I think so too.
2: And so right away, Ballard was like, I'm, I want you to come do this. And I was and I was into it. You know, I wanted to do something different. I had, We had just finished a, a chocolate video, so it kind of just lined up perfect. And uh, yeah, I went and did that for like four, four or five years. It was mm-hmm. fun. That's cool. Yeah, I liked... Um, and at that time, I had filmed a lot, enough at that time. And I was just like, I want to do... And I just had like a lot of ideas. I thought that there was no internet or anything so magazines were just a place to flush out a lot of weird fun quirky ideas.
1: yeah, it was real fun so,
2: but there was a, I mean, there was a bunch of us you know, Ballard was instrumental in that and just the whole staff.
1: Well now did you do the you know how they they're oh, what can I think of what it was like five questions, but it was the photo always was. Like, four photos with the guy's arms. Oh, yeah, they did a thing uh, where... Were um, you... Was that... That was, was probably Sean Mortimer's okay, okay, idea. Because okay. that was there before... Okay, I was, was wondering... A, if it was a list of all
2: the injuries you've had. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, now, true or false, he was on the swim team at South San Francisco High.
2: No. I wasn't on no high school sport. I was a skater by then. You know, <laughs> Playing any sports.
1: Um, And I have also heard that you have... Uh, you know, just ask him about his obsession with Cooksey. Well, actually with Chris <laughs> Cook, and I was like Chris Cook, and I'm like, oh Cooksey. <laughs> this that's is from, from you talk to Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do have a, I have an obsession with skateboarding from like '85 to like '89, and Chris Cook looms heavy for me. No, because like, he grew up close to where I grew raw up, too, and he like, skated this place where we this place called Devil's Pit in Pacifica, and it's funny because. We kind of, like, you obsess about a pro from back then, and you might have, at the end of the day, all they had was, like, six photos in a magazine and, like, 30 seconds of footage. So it's, like, you really, like, if somebody unearths a photo you've never seen of somebody from that era, it's, like, really special, you know, because you don't have that much to go on. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, me and Schmidt kind of joke about it, not about Chris Cook, but we joke, he jokes with me about, like, whenever I see something Chris Cook, I tag him and vice versa, Uh yeah.
1: Yeah, that was his but I do like comic. the way
2: Chris Cooks, I mean, he was, I got to see him skate as a kid, and it was, like, amazing.
1: Yeah, raw. Yeah. I mean, just raw, like.
2: It was, like, a different time of street skating. It was, yeah, it was different, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool. That's really
2: cool. <clears throat> I never even, I don't think I've ever even met him or anything,
1: but. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, from Burnett, you pretty, you're a really good little freaking backyard pool skater. <laughs> no. And I think you I were at been. that point, Loma, didn't you go,
2: I skated with your husband, I believe. Point and Loma,
1: Lance, uh, I want to say um, uh, Murph was there, Burnett, Diego, Diego, um, myself. There was a guy named
2: Chad who was really good
1: Chad Shetler. I it up on a hill? Yeah, it was like p- after a trade show, we yeah, all exactly, went to this yeah, Point yeah, Loma, yeah, yeah, this yeah. pretty dope Point Loma pool. But I, I was like, I, I have skate, a group yeah. shot from the oh, really? scaffolding. I have a couple of shots of Chad and Murph and I think Burnett. And Aaron, a shot of Aaron, I think Which from that Murray? session. Jim Murphy. Jim Murphy. Really, he was, he there. was there as wow. well. Diego was there. Shetler. It was a nice posse of us. Yeah. Uh Dawes was there. That sounds right. Was it? No, Luke was there. Luke. Ogden okay. was there, and and I was just thinking right right now. I was just like, ah, I think I think I think Aaron I was there, was there yeah. too. I have to look at that photo. Yeah. I have to <laughs> send it to you because <laughs> the group I don't shot. think I could skate
2: that pool. I- for yeah, I to see, skate a pool, I rolled it has around. to be, like, perfect, you know?
1: No, but I, I rolled around that pool. I had to a couple of runs at that pool. Right. And Delgado was there, obviously. I think that was how we right. knew about it. But, uh, no, that pool was pretty sick, actually. It was, I mean. For those guys, yeah. For those <laughs> guys. Well, no. I mean, I was happy I could roll around in yeah. it. Because, uh, you know, I hopped on Aaron's board, I think, because I had all my camera equipment. It's too right. hard to hop a fence with sure. camera equipment and lights and your board sometimes. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll hop on his board if I take a couple runs. Yeah. But it was a much smoother or much easier than I thought that pool was gonna be. But there but I didn't skate it too. I mean I didn't skate it all the way, you know. Yeah.
2: I do I think if I had it like the I the do stairs. like skating pools.
1: It, no, I think you went over, the, stair. did you over, over the, the stairs. I definitely didn't Did you go over the stairs or the
2: That one I, I remember distinctly being like oh I can barely skate this and, that, and like Aaron and Chad are doing like backside all these out. <laughs> no,
1: I think pivot to fakies. I think uh, or pivot <laughs> I think Aaron did pivot to fakie or Chad did pivot to fakie. I'm trying to remember. And backside ollie, Aaron always can backside. Seems to always yeah. Pools are backside. good because
2: you could you could just have fun. Just you don't have to do anything, and it's still fun.
1: Yeah,
2: That works for my skill set.
1: The change in skateboarding. How. How do you embrace it? Um. Did that, I I I, there's a lot of fundamentals these, that are the same. It's mm-hmm.
2: just it's just new faces and new styles and new. Ways of it being sent out to the public is like the main changes but I think the if you still go to a skate park or a skate spot it's still just like
1: skaters bunch
2: of dumb little kids doing their thing having fun doing dumb shit like you know just messing around just killing time wasting time having fun like which I think was what you should do at that age to be honest um I think fundamentally I think in that way it's pretty different there's a few things that are you know I don't know who, who's to say back in the '80s if there was social media how some people would have came off, you know. Um, but I don't know. I think as long as it's fun to people, it's it'll always be fine. Do
1: you think there's a disconnect with sort of an I think entitlement the, issue uh, uh, with young? I mean, nowadays, you and could that's be a real generalization, and right, I right. don't want to. I'm not. I mean,
2: general. there is like a you know. I don't know if skaters suffer as much about. <laughs> you know, winning any kind of popularity contest at school or whatever. It's probably not as looked down on, you know, but um, they probably have a million other worse things to deal with. So we were probably in a lot of ways we were lucky, you know, yeah. it probably was a simpler time, but and, um, I mean, the worst we had was just like people yelling at us out of their cars, you know, suck, or, yeah. Yeah, you it was just like such an easy target for some reason. And that kind of changed over the years think that like inner city influence like helped it like I was thinking about it going to Barcadero a lot I was like man these dudes are tough these are like when I was younger I was like these are like real city kids who like you know they're not dorky at all they look like the guys who were chasing me (laughs) like (laughs) where I live but um yeah I don't know I think it's like I think the it's you know what the the biggest thing is like it's hard to tell who's good because there's so many good kids um the gatekeepers of who's saying who's cool and who's not is kind of kind of gone away a little bit. So it's just, it's hard to tell like, you know, the hero kind of factor of skateboarding. There, there's like, it's very localized now I feel like in a lot of ways and I don't know, like professional skateboarding might look different coming in the in the future just because it seems like a lot of people are just kind of happy of just like posting stuff on Instagram and staying in where they live and just kind of skating their skate park like it'd be a shame if there wasn't like big tours anymore just for their own personal I mean I never got a ton out of skateboarding I was able to like make enough of a living to kind of get by and and but I think the biggest um I think for most people like if you get to travel and meet people and make friends like that's like the biggest you know or the best kind of byproduct of spending your time in skateboarding if you're lucky enough to work in it that's kind of the big takeaway for me is like I got to travel a a lot to places I probably never would have been meet lots sorry sorry. (laughs) (laughs) and meet lots of people and become friends with lots of people and it's nice to go to to London and run into somebody you know and they can take you somewhere to eat it's like a cool it's like a Fun experience, you know, and I think I mean, there's I mean, t- trust me, there's tons of skaters getting to travel. But if it just becomes about just posting stuff on Instagram and staying in your area, and I don't know, it would be a shame if they didn't get to, to at least experience some of those things that the pro skaters before them got to do.
1: Yeah, no, and as you mentioned, you hit on like one of the raddest gifts: is be able to skateboard and travel all over the world. Right, it's yeah. like such a gift, and then showing I mean, up and waiting at the train station and seeing you know, like five guys over there from the girl team or like, I mean, right. I know like, you know, in Europe, like we would, you would just, you know, and then those Moonster contests, you know, I, I'm assuming. You I never actually to, did oh, that. Okay. I went to Europe a bunch, but I've never
2: went on the contest.
1: So I went thing. to in 98, <clears> well, and I went to quite a few actually, um, late nineties, but just how, what was so overwhelming and so rad, I thought was that these kids took trains for 2 days to come and see their favorite skateboarders skate in person. Yeah. And um uh, and for skaters
2: just, who traveled across the world to win maybe $2000 at tops. Pretty wild.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean in our, I remember I mean Arto, I think Arto got second I think at that contest. Yeah. Uh, in 98 um who won? Any on my brains. Yeah, it's, it's hard to 20. all those details. But, like you, but you, you remember that. It was <laughs> but like I remember a cool the thing. kids, I remember the kids just like came from Hungary and like right, right, right. from all yeah. over. And, you know, and we all had product to share or to sell for nothing, you know, or to, to you know, to give a slightly used board or brand, mm-hmm. or like, you know, wheels that had been ridden for a month or, right. I mean, which were versus their like little, you know, in Brazil, the same thing, like going to Brazil and like, you know, being able to hook up kids. Yeah. You know, um, just such a gift. Any any uh, like advice for those young pros that like that are having that opportunity? Like, like for me, one thing I I started realizing after traveling quite a bit for quite a few years was like, okay, I've seen all the skate parks, I've seen all the skate spots, but I want to I want to go and check out a museum in each country if I can or where I'm visiting. Um, is there anything like that that you would sort of guide or
2: like a traveling
1: skater? Kind yeah, of for someone that's you know because like I think we see all these things and we're picked up by distributors and so we see the city in such yeah. a different light. Um, but there are so you know there's some things that like you know you you're like wow yeah I've been to Europe and I yeah. you know I've seen this skater I went to Munster Bowl and I went here and I went right, here right. but I didn't see
2: yeah it's hard yeah I mean I've been to places where definitely haven't seen like the main attraction of that city and I've probably been there like four or five times and I still haven't seen like the Mona Lisa or you know I mean Mm -hmm. things that a tourist would do which I I mean I'm okay with that but um I think for skaters just eat the food that's there yeah no (laughs) God yeah that reminds me of Brazil please don't go to Brazil just eat the food that's there just try it at least just because one day you'll you'll be bummed you didn't
1: and also as a traveler I speak two languages, but I invite anybody traveling is prior to going is, is figure out how to say thank you and figure out how to say hello Yeah, and figure out and give the country you're visiting respect.
2: Right. I mean, it definitely helps to, I mean, skaters travel together and they're younger and they're figuring things out. Um, But it's probably worth the effort to, you're most likely going to have like a tour guide from the distributor or like a local photographer you may as well ask them some questions about where you're at just for your own abysment or, like, enlightenment of where what, what's going on. Just for later in life, you know, you can look back on it and have, like, a more detailed version of your memories if you're not just looking at the ledge the whole time and not realizing what's around you, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean you're there for free. It's worth, like, trying to get the most out of it.
1: Yeah.
2: But I think they do in their own ways. You yeah, know? no,
1: and I do, too. I mean, they're, and they are having, having fun, fun and, and, like, they're... Well, and they're going out. You have meeting. different, like,
2: yeah, you have different,
1: um... I mean, Lizzie and Axel, like, I mean, I know they, I mean, there's quite a few, and Nora, yeah. like, there's...
2: The kids, I mean, kids today are so much, I mean, we were, we didn't know shit about shit back then. We were, like, no. there's so much more, like, involved and smarter and worldly.
1: Right on. Okay, well, I've got an, one more quote for you. Uh, we got about a minute. Is that right? Okay. so I'm going to <laughs> hurry up and read this quote, uh... All right. Aaron Mez is the coolest dad. He has, sh- has shot and edited tons of skate videos, worked with some of the most talented makers, and is even a secret photographer. From Aaron's early days making videos at EMB to producing, shooting, directing today, Aaron has an archive of photo and video gold that anyone would admire. Tobin. Tobin. Yelling. Oh,
2: that's funny because Tobin's probably my favorite photographer of that era I spoke of earlier. I wish I shot more photos, that's for sure. That's one thing because we were shooting film back then. It's funny, my like most kind of prolific um, photography is during the skateboard years because I had a film and lab account, so it was like free film and free processing. Rad. So it's like bookend by those five years, but I wish I would have shot more.
1: Did you go to Kuno's, to Andy Kuno's dad's? Um,
2: uh, it was up here in San Francisco. Oh, okay, oh, no, okay, no, no, okay. No, no, no. It was down here. Okay, right on. Thanks, Tobin. He's
1: lying, but thanks. No. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time. We've got to wind it up. Um, any last quick shout-outs or, um, nah. or words of advice? I have no words of advice. Oh, that he has tons to, to of advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you walk your walk. You walk your talk. You're a man of integrity.
2: Thank you. It's good to see you again for a long time.
1: Yeah, you yeah. too, Aaron. All right, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is The Desiree Show on Dash Radio, and you can follow Aaron again at Aaron e Meza on Instagram and uh, make sure to to do your due diligence and go uh, search up some of those awesome videos that you he was a part of and you guys thanks for tuning in this is the Desiree show on Dash radio